argument and no evidence has ever been adduced that we consider to be dissuasive. There's no reason to believe in evidence or argument, ontology or science. The same with the afterlife. Of course we don't say that we know there isn't one. We say that we don't know anyone who can bring any reason to think that there is. This is a very important distinction and it's very regrettable that you miss it. Welcome to the Anti-Theist Atheist Podcast. Today, we feature Christopher Hitchens' opening remarks in the re-evolution debate alongside fellow advocates of science and reason, Sam Harris and Daniel Dennett, recorded November 8th, 2009. But first, here is Steve from Atheist News. Welcome to Atheist News. Here's what's been happening. Two people in Andhra, India, were taken in for psychiatric evaluation after they murdered their two daughters, aged 27 and 24. Padmaja and Purushottam Naidu bludgeoned them with dumbbells and believed that their daughters would be reborn the next day. That didn't happen. The mother told police that she was the Hindu god Shiva, that the coronavirus came from her and that the pandemic would end in March without the need for vaccines. They've both been charged with murder, but are now saying that their oldest daughter is the one who killed their younger daughter, and then begged for her parents to kill her out of guilt. Police aren't buying it. American Atheists and Americans United for the Separation of Church and State joined forces this past week to file a lawsuit against former U.S. Secretary of Education Betsy DeVos. This is because of a rule initiated last September that said colleges could lose federal funding if they applied anti-discrimination policies to religious groups. The idea that public colleges had to fund and support religious groups, even if they were endorsing bigotry or racism because their religion allowed it, is absurd. It's a wildly clear violation of the separation of church and state that also sends a message that discrimination is allowed and funded by the government as long as it's for religious reasons. American Atheists and the Freedom From Religion Foundation also filed a lawsuit against the Trump administration for loosening restrictions at nine different government agencies that had similar religious-based discrimination allowances. The extent of how religion was involved with the Capitol insurrection on January 6th is debatable. Most of it seems to be people claiming they were involved due to their own belief that the Christian faith gave them some kind of authority to do so. And their mythological characters were used as rallying cries to spur their increasingly illegal actions as they invaded the Capitol building property. William Calhoun Jr. was denied bail after posts he made indicated it was his God's will that they go there and kill people who oppose Donald Trump. Brian Bettenker, a self-professed white supremacist, broke his parole to attend the riot and when interrogated by the FBI, told them he got permission from his parole officer because he was going to hand out Christian Bibles. Gideon's International, however, clarified that they don't send out Bibles to individuals, probably best known for taking up space in hotel room drawers. Christianity is certainly being used to raise money for the people involved in the Capitol riot, though. Give, Send, Go, the crowdfunding website that describes itself as explicitly Christian, has raised hundreds of thousands of dollars to support the insurrectionists. 
Enrico Terrio, the leader of the Proud Boys, has gotten over $100,000 for his legal fund. Jim Hoft, founder of the news outlet Gateway Pundit, has gotten more than $135,000 to investigate alleged voter fraud in Michigan. Several campaigns have raised over $200,000 collectively to purchase body armor for those who attended the riots in the U.S. Capitol. Radical right-wing Christians in the U.S. certainly have a ton of money to burn. Father John Zulsdorf, a Catholic priest working out of Wisconsin, also has a YouTube channel in which he delivers sermons entirely in Latin. He also performs exorcisms sometimes, and two weeks back he had one to prevent demonic influence in the certification of the U.S. election. According to Zulsdorf, demons are very good with electronic equipment, and he claims that fraud did happen in the election even though there was no proof. Bishop Donald Hying, his boss, told the media that he didn't authorize Zulsdorf to perform exorcisms regarding elections, just COVID-19. That doesn't actually help anything either, but it is interesting and sad that he's willing to defy his bishop's order to try and stop Biden from becoming president with theatrical nonsense. Daniel A. Sor, an ultra-Orthodox Jewish rabbi who utilizes his YouTube channel to get his sermons to the public, uploaded a new video about the COVID-19 vaccine. While many of his fellow religious leaders in the ultra-Orthodox community are urging people to get the vaccine when available, Rabbi A. Sor is instead warning people that it'll turn them gay. Though he doesn't outright make the claim, he instead repeats over and over again that it'll give people opposite tendencies. The rabbi also says in his sermon that all vaccines were created by a global government run by the Illuminati, the Freemasons, and Bill Gates. In 1992, a Catholic nun was found dead in a well in Kerala, India. Sister Abaya, the victim, had nail marks in her neck and two laceration wounds on her head. Police tried to say it was a suicide. The judge rejected that determination and sent the case back to investigators. Three more times, the police tried to close the case, and they were refused each time. And then they finally admitted she was murdered and tried to close it again anyway. The police were denied once more, and in 2008, 16 years after her death, her killers, Father Thomas Couture and Sister Sefi, were arrested. As it turns out, Sister Abaya had gone into the kitchen and witnessed them having sex, so they murdered her with an axe to try and hide it. Their trial has been going on for over 12 years, and a few weeks back, they were finally convicted of murder. The police were also proven to have destroyed evidence on behalf of the priest and nun. However, several of the officers who had done so have since died, meaning there won't be justice there. In Poughkeepsie, New York, a house used as a gathering place for the Church of Satan was burned to the ground by an arsonist. Wearing a mask to conceal his identity, he was seen carrying gas cans up the steps of the house, dousing the front of it, and setting the fire. Residents Matthew Camp and Six Carter were able to escape with their lives. Police have yet to find the arsonist, so his motivations, religious or otherwise, are unknown. 
On the opposite end of that spectrum, a bomb went off inside the First Works Baptist Church in El Monte, California. The church is an offshoot of the Faithful Word Baptist Church, and its lead pastor, Bruce Meha, is a protege of hate preacher Stephen Anderson. Meha had sermons explaining how if little girls dressed as Elsa from Frozen for Halloween, then they were whores. And how LGBTQ stands for let God burn them quickly, and that he rejoices when gay people are killed. This just gives you a small glimpse into what kind of Christian church this is. Similar to the previous story, nobody has been apprehended by police yet for the crime. Nobody was injured, and the exact motivations are unknown. Lifeway Research, which is part of the Southern Baptist Convention, asked pastors in their organization if they've heard conspiracy theories from the people in their congregation. 49% of pastors confirmed that they have, with the largest portion being white male pastors who have heard them. This indicates that they were just the ones that more people felt comfortable sharing their conspiracy theories with. This then puts the pressure on the religious leaders to set their people straight on reality, which is kind of ironic. In Florida, the Brevard County commissioners lost about half a million dollars after years of legal troubles because they wanted only Christian invocations to begin their meetings. This was an obvious violation of the separation of church and state and David Williamson of the Central Florida Freethought community was among those who sued them over it. Now that the court battle is over, which the Brevard County Commissioners rightly lost, new invocation policies now allow secular speakers as well. First up was David Williamson of the Central Florida Freethought community, giving the non-religious invocation on January 26th. Mario Rodriguez Ramirez pastor of the Arcadia Park Baptist Church in Tempe, Arizona, was arrested and charged with felony sexual conduct with a minor, though he was initially charged with a lot more. The pastor admitted his guilt during the investigation regarding a nine-year-old girl whom he had allegedly sexually assaulted numerous times, but now Rodriguez Ramirez's lawyer is telling the media that his client is now saying he's innocent even though he admitted on tape to trying and failing to fight his urges. Michael Sherlock announced his resignation as executive director of Atheist Alliance International this past week. He had succeeded David Silverman, who had resigned in disgrace over repeated sexual misconduct allegations. Sherlock, on the other hand, is just known for being a massive dick. And he took pride in that, with the belief that his hostile attitude somehow helped how people saw atheism. Atheist Alliance International released a statement saying that he was stepping down due to his schedule restraints, when in reality, it's over another disciplinary meeting he had because he had attacked and insulted Panayote Dimitris, co-founder of the Humanist Union of Greece, which is an affiliate of Atheist Alliance International. Pastor Jose Rodriguez of the Temple Refugio in Jersey City, New Jersey, was sentenced this past week to 15 years in prison for sexually assaulting two young girls. One victim was between the age of 6 and 9, and while police were investigating this, they identified another victim between the age of 8 and 15. Rodriguez was their instructor at the church, and he had pled guilty after his arrest. Pope Francis has said very clearly 
that people need to get the COVID-19 vaccine when they can, and not doing so was dangerous and selfish. But in an organization as large as the Catholic Church, even the Pope has trouble eliminating dangerous viewpoints from within. Catholic Cardinal Juan Sandoval Iniguez of Guadalajara told people on Facebook that the vaccines for the coronavirus contain a microchip with the mark of the beast attached. The Archdiocese of Guadalajara told the press that the Cardinal is speaking only on his own behalf and that they don't share his viewpoint, but then published his dangerous and absurd statements in their newspaper Seminario. Rogelio Vega, a Catholic deacon of the St. Sebastian Church in Queens, New York, was arrested for trying to have sex with a 14-year-old boy. Using the app Grinder, he set up a meeting for sexual activity after talking with him for several months. But as it turns out, he was actually talking to an undercover officer. Vega had been ordained in 2011, and the Catholic Church says that they never received any complaints before about his work. Hundreds of people flew in from Europe and Israel to New York City to attend a secret wedding involving the Hasidic Jewish community. Thousands were recorded on camera in the parking lot of the synagogue, who then moved the ceremony indoors. A similar secret wedding happened in the same community in December, and they were fined $15,000 for violating pandemic-related restrictions in place. It would seem that this wasn't enough of a deterrent from it happening again. Sean Foyt had another concert last weekend, determined to kill as many people across the U.S. through indirect means as he can. The Christian leader didn't have a permit to hold the concert in El Cajon, California, but don't expect any kind of legal repercussions for it, because Mayor Bill Wells of El Cajon was an active participant in the concert and delivered the opening prayer. Wells told the press he believed that the concert was more important than pandemic-related safety restrictions because it gave people hope. It might have also given them COVID-19. One single protester dressed as the Grim Reaper heckled Foyt throughout the concert and handed out face masks. The Satanic Temple is suing the city of Boston in Massachusetts over their unfair policy regarding invocations before city council meetings. Right now, the way it works is that members of the council rotate choosing who does the religious invocation and have chosen every religious group for years except for the Satanic Temple. The Satanic Temple has asked several times since 2016 to be chosen, but never have, and according to their lawsuit, this violates the law because it doesn't give them equal footing with other religious groups. The Supreme Court previously ruled that invocations before government meetings are legal if they are open to people of all faiths, or they can't have them at all. The Society of Jesus, better known as the Jesuits, released the results of an internal investigation regarding their priests in Spain. They revealed that 96 priests had abused more than 100 victims since 1927. Only 17 of those priests are still alive and have been removed from being near children. Critics say that these results are very skewed, however, and believe that there are a lot more sexual predators and victims in the religious organization, since all the investigators did was look through their archives and catalog all of the reported incidents. They didn't actually investigate beyond that. The Statue of Liberty is modeled after Libertas, the Roman goddess of liberty. 
people in Norway call it Frihitsegudnen, which translates to Freedom Goddess. Raiden Lafleur, an American woman in Norway, after finding out this information, has written to the government condemning this name that the people in Norway use, and demands that they stop it. She claims that calling the Statue of Liberty the Freedom Goddess is slanderous, and that she opposes it based on her Christian faith. I don't think Norway is going to give a sh** what she thinks. The U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops issued a statement after Joe Biden became president denouncing Joe Biden. Even though Biden himself is a Catholic, they said that because he supports LGBTQ causes, supports a woman's right to choose, and doesn't have a problem with contraception, then he is advancing moral evils. The Catholic Church, claiming that they have some kind of moral authority, remains to this day as one of the most absurd and hypocritical beliefs that they have. Thank you, Steve. You'll find Steve by searching Atheist News on YouTube. And if you want to hear more Atheist News on this podcast, please consider donating to Steve's Patreon at patreon.com slash atheistnews. Without any further throat clearing, here is this week's featured opening speech from Christopher Hitchens. What matters is not uh, what you think but how you think. And all the discoveries have been made and all the enlightenment that's come to us is from the scientific and the philosophical method, not that of a priori assumptions of faith or the belief that wisdom comes from revelation. So now we know what the church used to tell us wasn't possible, which is that we are a primate species produced by evolution in a, on an earth where 99.9% .9 of all species hitherto uh, I won't say created, that have hitherto appeared, have already become extinct. And now a good number of religious people will now accept that, but it took them a while. And you can see the process by which they try and explain things away and then try and take credit for them. At first it was argued that God had put the fossil bones in the rock so people's faith could be tested. Nice try. Didn't last long. Then the various attempts which still go on to try and ban the good news of evolution. And then now many Christians and some Christian authorities and, and some Jewish ones too say, no, 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 of course it did all happen. And it's amazing to look at the evidence and, and the extraordinary scope and variety and even beauty of it. In fact, come to think of it, it proves that God must have been even cleverer than we thought. Now you'll notice that there's something completely useless about this argument. It doesn't teach you anything and it cannot be falsified. And an argument that ex supposedly explains everything invariably explains nothing at all. The physicist who uh, discovered the Big Bang, I'm moving from evolution now, was actually a Catholic priest in holy orders and a professor at the University of Louvain. And after his quarrel with Einstein about general relativity and his hypothesis of the Big Bang, he went to the Pope and he said, look, this is how I think everything began. In fact, I think it's a sure thing. And it's, it's very important. And the Pope said, well, if you're right, I can have it taught as dogma in the schools, if you like, so everybody has to believe it. Now you see again the difference of method and approach. That wouldn't have been a gain for the theory of relativity or for the study of physics, to have it preached as revealed truth. We still don't know a great deal about what happened. 
in the first instance of our cosmos. We still don't know quite how the, how the quantum works. We know it does, we don't quite know why. Um, and therefore, I'm going to argue in the time I have that the late, great Stephen Jay Gould, uh, a, a non-believer, was wrong when he said that religion and science can be made compatible. Uh, I'm very glad that there's a counter up there. I wish you could keep your eye on it as well. Um, every second, every single second, a sun, a star, like our own, the equivalent of our own, blows up and goes out. That happens every second, okay? If I keep to time, see if you can imagine this. Our brains aren't really constructed to imagine it very well. If I keep to my time, 540 great stars and suns will have vanished from the cosmos. Um, it's a sobering thought. We're fortunate in being around to observe the continuing effects of the Big Bang and the mass destruction that it's unleashed. Um, in future generations, if there are enough of them, won't be able to observe it so well. Why is that? Because as the Hubble telescope has shown us, the, name, the man for whom the telescope was named, Edwin Hubble, was slightly wrong. He knew the Big Bang was still going on. He knew the universe was still expanding. But he thought the universe rate of expansion would start to slow. What's been discovered by studying the red light shift is to the contrary. It's blowing apart much faster than we thought, and with huge, massive swathes of actual current and potential and future uh, destruction. Soon, two galaxies, you can already see it in the night sky, you can see the future in the sky already, not as a vision, not as a revelation, not as an omen or a portent. You can see the Andromeda galaxy coming towards you. The collision between our galaxy and Andromeda is a certainty. It's inscribed in all the laws of physics. We know it's coming. It'll destroy some stars, but it'll probably succeed in making an amalgamation. It may even become the only remaining uh, galaxy. See if you think that religion is any help to you in considering that very real and important fact. Um, a little while before this momentous event, I'm sorry to have to report, our own star will be disqualified from taking part in the grand merger because it, along with the 540 suns that will, will be lost to us in the course of my remarks, will blow up and swell up and burn out. And um, joining its 540 predecessors. And in more proximate news, um, what I might call more local, more suburban news, the luminosity of our sun is increasing at a very alarming rate and in, a, and in an easily foreseeable future the temperature of our little planet will become that of Venus. In other words, it will be completely uninhabitable. And that will be a, a small but obviously to us very interesting development and it will complete um, a grand slam. So far, all the other planets in our tiny suburb of a solar system are not conditioned to support life. They're either much too cold or much too hot. As large areas of our Earth are already much too hot and much too cold, soon we'll join the Too Hot Club and that'll be a complete shutdown. And some people tell you that our universe and our cosmos was fine-tuned for existence, just so we could be here. Now, on truth claims, nothing I've said could be overthrown by any evidence. All we'll find out is more about it. We don't say on non-truth claims or faith claims that we know when we don't. I'm sorry, Dinesh, atheists do not say we know there is no God. We say, to the contrary, no argument and no evidence has ever been adduced that we consider 
to be persuasive. There's no reason to believe in evidence or argument, ontology or science. The same with the afterlife. Of course we don't say that we know there isn't one. We say that we don't know anyone who can bring any reason to think that there is. This is a very important distinction, and it's very regrettable that you miss it. And I'm sorry to say, Dinesh, that the, the immediate loser in an argument about things of which we can and can't be certain, where the only thing that is certain in these laws is the principle of uncertainty, the immediate loser, the man who has to leave the island, sorry, Dinesh, again, right away almost, is the one who says, I already know all I need to know. I already have all the information I need. Indeed, I've been given it uh, by a supernatural body. I don't know about you, ladies and gentlemen, but when I hear people on the bus saying that they're talking to God, I, well, what do you do? Do you move closer to that person, or am I right in thinking you edge slightly away? I think that's a very good thing. Um, I, I won't be able to complete everything I wanted to say. I've saved a bit for the next four minutes. The argument that some uh, uh, finally adduce against, against uh, the laws of physics and the heat death of our universe is, well, don't spread the news because it would lead people to despair. I don't want anyone to despair. We have a, a number of consolations. We have our own solidarity. We have love. We have literature. We have our duties to each other. What leads to despair is to live the only life one has, being told what to do by despots and crackpots and pseudoscientists who claim the right to order us around in the name of God. Humanity has to outgrow and transcend Sorry. that oldest of all the tyrannies. Thank you very much.